Welcome to Faithfully Unapologetic. We are your hosts, and I'm Kelly Jean Pittman, and this is my amazing and beautiful daughter, Gina. We are a mom and teen duo who are super excited to help you discover the secret to finding joy in the chaos of the everyday. We're honored to share this time with you every two weeks, while you'll learn how to break free from the cycle of anxious thoughts while moving into joy and peace on a daily basis. We'll encourage you to step into your power, find joy, and become the best version of yourself while improving your relationship with God. So please be sure to subscribe so that together we can spread joy even amongst the chaos and faithfully nurture our body, mind, and soul. You can find us on Instagram at faithfully underscore apologetic and at kellyjeanpittman.com. Thank you so much and we really hope you enjoy this week's episode. Welcome beautiful listeners. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Kelly Pittman. And I'm Jana Pittman. Welcome to Faithfully Unapologetic. Yeah, welcome back, or welcome if you're new. Today, we are doing podcast number 14. Yes, and the question, we have a question that we're asking, and this question has really helped us. I think the reason why we're asking this is it's because it's really helped us to break free from that cycle of anxious thoughts in the last 16 years that kind of uh, held us stuck for a while. Um, I mean, you kind of have to acknowledge it in order to move forward and kind of see a bigger picture of where you're at in life. Right. And so the question that we are posing today and that we are challenging everybody to ask themselves is, is anxiety from trauma? Yeah. Is anxiety from trauma? Does your trauma cause your anxiety? And I can tell you just in a quick little snapshot from working and brain training as a professional where I do neurofeedback and audiovisual entrainment, I would say anxiety is the number one reason that people come in for brain training and may be tied to other concerns, but it really is number one. Yeah. And so it really is a big concern. But when people come in, I can guarantee you that they say that their anxiety pretty much kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, it's not related to anything. It's not related to their past. It's not related to their trauma, whether or not they had trauma. Some people have trauma. Some people don't. Either way, it seems like it just comes out of nowhere. Like, poof, it's there. And kind of one of the reasons we wanted to talk about this was last week we talked about the dark side of a miracle. And then the week before that, we talked about a miracle that happened to us, healed in a second. And we wanted to talk about this specific question because during that time it kind of raised up this question of okay is my anxiety from a past trauma and why am I feeling this anxiety even though after I touched on this in the dark side of the miracle but after the miracle I was happy-go-lucky I was super good until I kind of wasn't I had this one night I was just crying in my doorway And I had all this emotion and I didn't understand why because it felt like it came out of nowhere. Right. And actually, um, that happy-go-lucky really was a a form of anxiety. It was really masking anxiety. Yeah. And so we talk about that more in podcast 13. Uh, So go back and listen if you're interested in that. But even in dealing with your past experience, your adoption. Yeah has had lots of trauma within that. And so, and with that trauma piece, there's a lot of 
basically disorders and challenges that come with that. And so we've spent the last 16 years working really hard to break free from that. And you have. Yeah. You're amazing. I and God's, Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. And God's miraculous power has really helped us both. And understanding trauma has really helped me in my life along with, like, your grandma, my parents. And yeah. understanding just a bigger picture of everyone's life and kind of the challenges that they've had and how it relates to past traumas and beliefs that we have had and that once we dig deep and learn about them we can kind of break free from them break free from the emotion of those traumas and find that joy and find that peace and move into a more rewarding and happier life yeah so i'm going to switch into interview in interviewer mode so Whoa. we kind of have these two big general ideas of anxiety and trauma and so how would you define trauma and how would you define anxiety oh those are great questions because like what is really the difference sometimes anxiety i think is a trauma it feels like a big old trauma that's kind of taking control of my brain yeah but that is an awesome question and i was just listening to a talk from Dr. Amy who has has coined the term biology of trauma because trauma actually can affect us physically it affects us um, emotionally and mentally and it can really kind of affect our spiritual state as well and so she's coined the term biology of trauma because it affects our whole entire body and so what happens with trauma is that two things happen to our brain, our central nervous system. Uh, and what happens is, number one, we get stuck in our sympathetic response. And so the sympathetic response is basically our stress response. It's where our central nervous system goes uh, in a panic. It says, whoa, the house is on fire. We got to either run away, drop and roll, or freeze. And if the house is on fire, you probably won't freeze because that won't be beneficial. You probably want to run. Yeah. <laughs> But that, that is the stress response. And so you're stuck in that. We have two responses, the parasympathetic. The parasympathetic is typically where we want to be if we're not in a stressful situation mm-hmm. or a life-threatening situation. That's the more calm. That's the calm. That's the rest and digest. That's mindful. That's alert. You can think clearly. When you go into your sympathetic response, your thinking shuts down. You can't think clearly. You don't have access to your cognitive, which is your thinking part of your brain, thoughts. The blood pools closer to your body. You have, you can't really, the enzymes in your stomach, everything's shut down. You can't digest things. You're really ready to what they call fight, flee, or freeze. Because those are the three things that typically will keep us alive in a very life-threatening situation. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that happens when you have a trauma. You go into that response. And so then the other piece that happens with trauma is that you have this feeling of overwhelm. You have this feeling of hopelessness. It's like basically you can't, you feel like you can't do anything to change the situation. Yeah. So the situation is life-threatening. I've definitely been there. Or, or it feels life-threatening or life-changing. Yeah. Right? So that, that's a trauma. That's the significance of this trauma. And it can be anything to a person that mm-hmm. uh, people like to call out the big T's like abuse, you know, physical harm, yeah, sexual abuse, 
those type of things. Mm -hmm. But really, trauma can happen in any form, in any experience, if you feel threatened. I mean, trauma is just kind of not getting your needs met. Right. Needs met in a way that you feel like you're almost going to die. Yeah. So that's the trauma piece of it. So now, and then you asked that that was a double whammy question, wasn't it? Yeah. So what's anxiety? So then anxiety, anxiety occurs when we're kind of unable to acknowledge the fear that causes us to dread something. Yeah. Which makes sense for me because like. So it's an underlying kind of, it's a buzz. So it's not necessarily an experience or an event, but it's an underlying fear or dread that something bad's going to happen when much of the time the situation around you is not really leading up to that big bad event. Yeah, you're kind of almost making like a story of how it's going to go, but you have really have no idea. Right. And so that kind of fearing the the worst. Yeah. So that's the difference between the two. But they seem really unrelated. They do. And so we'll talk about maybe let's maybe read a couple Bible verses first and then we'll talk about an anxious situation and kind of how it relates to what we're talking about with the trauma piece. Yeah. And so the first verse that we have is Proverbs one thirty three, and it says, But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. Ooh, I like that one. I like that one too because it really relates to the anxiety piece. And we talk about the dread. Mm-hmm. You know, when whoever is going to dwell in the Lord, they, they're without like this dread of disaster. They... Right. They, yeah. they don't have this anxiety of, oh my goodness, what's going to happen next? Or they're not scripting a story of how something's going to go and how bad it's going to be. They right. have that trust in the Lord and they right. have that security within him. Right. It's like looking at this big swing bridge across this big open canyon And, like, that anxiety piece for me would be like, oh, my gosh, I can't walk across that bridge because the swing is hanging on ropes. It's swinging. I'm going to slip. I'm going to fall. And I'm going to die. And that would be my scripting. Mm -hmm. When we have faith in God, God's going to get me through. You don't have to dread it. You rely on him, and you walk across the bridge. Yeah. I guess those are, that's kind of the definition of how I see it. But I love love that in the Bible it talks about without dread of disaster because that is just... I mean, that's what anxiety is. You're dreading some kind of disaster. And how many, who can go throughout their day without having at least one dread of disaster? Not me. Not me either. Not me. I guess we could count our dreads at some point, but so we still have to keep coming back to that faith. So that's where it becomes very important to keep nurturing our faith daily. Yeah. By the minute. And for me, by the second. Yeah, no, it's so easy to forget. So I really like that verse. I do really like that it verse. It really ties into the anxiety piece. The anxiety piece and, how, piece and how our faith really has to be strong and unapologetic to keep us from re-tripping into that dread. Yeah. And so I'm going to read then our second one, which is Second Timothy 1, 7. And it says, For God gave us 
a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Yeah, we actually read this one a few podcasts ago, and I really like it because it, you know, we have this repetition in the Bible. It's beautiful. Or it, not in the Bible, but yeah. within our podcast and seeing this underlying theme of how these different verses can tie directly right. into different topics. But, I mean, God never designed us to be fearful or to have anxiety or to, you know, be timid. But he gave us power and he gave us love and self-control. And mom, do you want to talk a little bit more how they all tie in? Well, I do. And I love it because it mirrors the gifts of the spirit, basically. Yeah. So it does repeat itself within the Bible. The Bible has an awesome theme. And first of all, God gave us, we have a spirit Mm -hmm. that is beyond our physical body. That is our soul. And he gave us the spirit, that spirit within us. Everybody's spirit is not made of fear at all. It's made out of love. It's very strong and it's very power. And it says right here, it is a power. So we have that power to change. We can change whatever we desire. And we have that love. And so when we use this power, it's important that we use it out of love. Yes. That is kind of key to be serving God's people and to be serving his world. We have to act out of love. We have the power to act out of love and we can change anything. Nothing is impossible without God. And we discussed that in podcast number 12. And we had a witness to an amazing miracle that he did. But to, in order to achieve this, he kind of gives us the golden key. We need self-control. In order to utilize this power and move out of love, we need a a lot of Mm self-control. And that is hard. It's really hard. But I know from being disciplined and following the Bible, if you can achieve that self-control, you can use that power and move out of love to change a lot of things. So we have the power to change our mind. And where we're at, which is amazing. The brain is plastic. It's uh, it's called plasticity, and that means the brain can change. It can always change. Yeah. And that really is a beautiful thing, and I've been witness within our own family, and I've been witness to so many clients, and seeing them move out of uh, that fear, that anxiety, uh, that trauma piece, that lack of focus piece, and really take control of their life. And move into that joy, even though the world might be chaotic all around them. Yeah. So it's really powerful, these two Bible verses. And they directly kind of talk about anxiety. Yeah. And so we want to go back to, is anxiety from trauma? And I can say that working with my clients, they have come in. And if they struggle from anxiety... And I ask them, I always ask, you know, about their past. I don't need details. Details don't really matter, but if they've had a traumatic past or not. Uh, The majority say no. They had a lovely childhood. Their parents were wonderful. It was great. So they say there's absolutely no connection. And I don't know, what would you say? I guess so on your own anxiety, what is something that you struggle with anxiety with? Homework. I mean, I'm a student. It's pretty obvious. It's the, oh, not obvious, but for me, it's obvious. <laughs> I mean, I, it's the biggest thing in my life that's a stressor. I get home and I 
dread it. I pretty much dread doing any math homework because math is hard. And I don't know, it's just, it causes me so much anxiety. I don't want to do it. I'm a f I have all this fear around it, all this dread around it. And, you know, it seems completely unrelated to anything. It's not like when I was younger, I was forced to do homework or had a bad experience right. with homework. As a toddler, yeah. as a baby. Or And mom and dad were never, like, up in my grill about doing your homework or getting good grades. And so, for me, it's like, why am I experiencing this? It doesn't seem like I should because I don't have any trauma around it. Right. It's completely unrelated. And I can tell you just from talking to other parents, too, that this anxiety piece is huge with our children right now doesn't matter what age that it is, but there's this dread, this dread of failure. The number one thing that parents tell me is their child is afraid of failure. Mm -hmm. Which and is so. exactly how I feel. And so, I mean, after doing a lot of work and on myself and kind of realizing where I'm coming from and all this, where all this fear and dread is coming from, is this fear of failure. And fear of failure kind of leads me to me not feeling good enough and if I'm not good enough then I have a higher chance of being abandoned and I was abandoned by my birth mom and so Whoa. just kind of kind of kind of finding that connection has helped me to lessen my anxiety about school well that seems kind of crazy yeah to have that connection going all the way back to that where this is homework right and yeah you're doing it now as a high school student but you just tied this all the way back to like your birth yeah and that I mean, that's piece just kind of how it works though that's how trauma works that's how trauma manifests its little booty into your life so it is and so just because other kids are having the struggle and fear of failure it doesn't necessarily mean that they're adopted yeah uh but it does mean that they have a fear of failure in it more than likely ties in with some childhood belief that they have, a belief that they have in their system that is based on a dread or a fear, basically. Mm -hmm. And so that is, is really interesting. So, and for me... Yeah, do you have a experience that, seem, that causes anxiety but doesn't really seem like it ties to any trauma or childhood trauma well i do i have this fear of or this anxiety i have a lot of anxiety honestly and people who know me are probably going to be a little bit surprised when they listen to this because i have this anxiety over actually entertaining which is kind of crazy because i love to throw parties and i love to entertain and i love to make everything from scratch and i've been you know, I've been doing this ever since you guys have been little, since before we had kids. I love to entertain, but I can have this anxiety and this dread and I can understand it. It's like, okay, well, it comes from back when I was a full-time working mom over 40 hours a week and I had a special needs child and I had 35 people coming over after working 40 hours a week and I um, make all the invitations and I bake all the cakes from scratch and have these big themed cakes and I have dinner and I'm making all that from scratch and I'm doing all this stuff. It's like, whoa, well, of course, who wouldn't have anxiety doing all that stuff? But 
the strange thing is, it's like, is that from my childhood? Did I throw party parties, do you think, when I was a little kid? No. And was I worried about them failing? It's no. like, no. Did my mom really like to entertain? Did she entertain first? So then how would that relate? She didn't entertain a lot. But did she like to entertain? I don't think so. I think she was pretty stressed out. It's interesting how that can relate just your parents' views and dreads on thing can actually relate to you as a person grown up. Yeah. But as a childhood belief, I believe I have like this subconscious belief. Now, even now that, you know, everybody's bigger and you all help out with the party, we have a plan, it's going well, I can still have this dread. So it's like this childhood belief that I believe is number one, possibly inherited from my mother's view. And number two, um, I believe it's probably an abandonment piece for me as well, that I'm afraid I don't have help. I feel overwhelmed, overwhelmed and I'm not going to be able to get this done, that people aren't helping me. I'm not loved. And it's hitting a kind of a core belief or a core wound that I've been abandoned. And so there is a theme of abandonment that kind of goes through my life. Um, it kind of coincides with being a middle child, kind of left out. And so things can get a little bit tricky as you dig in deep and look at that trauma piece. Yeah. And it's like kind of funny how our our wounds are the exact same. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know. Fear of, yeah, that fear of failure is really big for me as well. And that ties in with a lot of different yeah. things. And, that, and it's like, it's weird though. We're not even biologically connected and you obviously are not you're very different from your mom, like, raising me and stuff. And so it's very interesting to see coming from two different completely back, like, childhood backgrounds that we can still have the same core wounds. Core wounds. And so I'd be interested in knowing other people's core wounds as well. But it, it can show up, I can say, with a client. Um, I have a, a man who came in and said he has this underlying anxiety. He's kind of had it his whole life. He doesn't know why. He's had a good childhood. He hasn't had any trauma. But when he thought about it, then he went back to say, growing up, his family moved here from a different country. And his mother was terrified, dreaded, that someone would, the police would knock on her door and take away her kids. So whenever anybody knocked on the door, she freaked out and they all had to hide. It was like life or death. I mean, this was a big deal. And the thing is, this went on for a while and it came out of nowhere. And so think about the underlying anxiety about that. Of being, you know, if you're a child, like, and you might get taken away from your mom, um, if somebody knocks on your door, that that is a trauma, actually. A trauma that he didn't really recognize as a trauma. But after he thought about it, it's like, wow. Um, that totally relates to the anxiety that he feels as an adult, this underlying anxiety. And so when you have like a constant fear like that, a lot of times our lives are, we take it for granted as we grow up, you know, we're a kid, this is our life, whether you have an alcoholic father or whether your, your parents aren't together, whether you're physically abused, it's like children don't really know any different. Because that's just their family. Yeah, so nothing. when they grow up, they don't necessarily recognize that as a trauma. But it's like they clearly weren't getting their needs met the way that they needed, needed it, them right. to be. 
And so, and that's where it lends into that trauma doesn't have to be the big T's, right? Your no. needs just aren't really being met. Maybe your parent was really stressed out with work and maybe they didn't have time to really listen to you or hear you. And so you felt like you were unheard. You weren't acknowledged. Maybe yeah. you were invisible. You learned how to be invisible so you didn't want because you don't want to cause your mom a lot of stress. And these are all childhood beliefs that we pick up and we can carry into adulthood. And that can relate to that anxiety piece. So I have another story of another client. This is a male again. And actually he had a very significant trauma. He had a child that died in, in her teens. And so that obviously a big T trauma and affects a lot of things. But I was working with him over 30 years later and he had this underlying anxiety that just like haunted him. He had this dread. Now he had told me that he had processed the trauma and that wasn't an issue. But what he said is that he had this anxiety when it was a big family. So there were several other kids in the family. And so around holidays, he would have this anxiety that would drive him crazy. And then when his kids came to visit and the grandkids and everything, he would have so much fun, but he would have this dread and this fear when they left. And so what that correlates to is that that leaving piece, the kids are leaving. So it's kind of like a trauma trigger. Yeah, because it's like his daughter left this world. Right. So and his so, kids leaving. So the kids leaving yeah. are triggering a very similar emotion. Yeah. And so it is significant that underlying piece to anxiety really was that trauma piece that was kicking in. And so the beauty of figuring out the triggers or really what we're looking for is a common theme in all this. So the beauty of figuring out that common theme is that once you're aware of it, you can be begin to process the emotions around it. Yeah. And let them go. And you can start breaking that cycle of anxious thoughts. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the reasons why we pose this question is so that we can really start working. It's one of the things that we have found, Jana and I, in helping us to break that cycle of anxious thoughts. Yeah. To really dig in and begin the work of that is yeah. to start figuring out what are the common emotions that underline or the common theme that underline our anxiety when it heightens yeah when it kind of gets worse so the question or the answer to our question is anxiety from trauma i can definitely relate it definitely relates in our situation of what we've of what, what we've, we've experienced seen. yes and so whether or not it relates to trauma there are things that you can do yeah we have some resources, some, to, some, yep, some hacks, I don't know. Check, checkpoints, yeah. some, some things that you can put into place and start working on, start discovering, start looking into to help you start breaking up that cycle of anxious thoughts. Yeah. And so what you really want to do, the first thing to do is look for the common theme or the common emotion or a childhood belief that you have. Look for something that underlines the state of anxiety. Start just noticing. And when you have anxiety, it, it kind of, it ebbs and flows, right? It picks up. Yeah, it's definitely heavier. It's like, okay, guys, you might not understand, but it's kind of like a period. You know, it ebbs and flows. Like, you know, sometimes it's heavier than another month, but yeah. 
Yes, good explanation. Thank if you. you're not a guy, yeah, maybe think of a, a leaf flowing down a river or something, and it gets <laughs> sure. stuck on rocks, and it ebbs and flows. Yeah, but there's definitely, like, okay, for me, whenever I have an anxiety kind of blowout, I guess, it's not really a panic attack, it's not really... You know, no. I just kind it's of break down and intense. That overwhelm piece like it takes is. over. But like, are, there's definitely underlying emotions that are surfacing that lead up to that, and so being able to catch those emotions right. helps me to not reach that heightened anxiety breakdown kind like of. Like when we find that theme. Yeah. And so, and that can be kind of hard because our brain is really skilled at trying to block trauma from us. It thinks it's keeping us healthy by having us kind of dissociate. But it's not because it totally makes it worse. No, because that's what creates anxiety. It's like blocking those emotions of dread that we aren't feeling. When you block them, they're still there. Because then they bubble up and then you're you're crying in your bed at 2 a.m. Because they sneak up on you. Because you couldn't hang out with a friend. It's really deeper than that. They bubble up. And so ways to help you start digging, because it's hard to find it, is number one is just notice emotions. This is a good one. Start noticing emotions, big emotions, that seem unrelated to, like, the situation at hand. Yeah. Like, uh, I can't exactly... Well, there's been a lot of examples in my life where I'll have something kind of big come up, but then there's, like, something small that is or something... Something small, like it's blown out of proportion or an emotion that doesn't match. Like Like there'll be a big event coming up and then I'll get really mad at mom for like not, I don't even know. Some tiny little thing or maybe even give you something or gift you something and you don't like it all. I mean, it's like unrelated. Like it's just totally kind of doesn't make sense. Yeah, something like that. Or like if we're looking at podcast 13 where we talked about um we just had this miracle happen yeah and then you were really happy but all of a sudden you had this emotion of anger bursting out yeah and so that that's a key emotion that you're going to want to go back and write down and check into it and see if it what what's really behind that anger right yeah and in, for sure and in that and we talked about that in mm-hmm. podcast number 13 if you want to go back and see how we delved into that emotion but that would be like an unexpected emotion that didn't match up to the event yeah okay so our second tip for helping us to discover what the common theme or emotion or childhood belief is in our underlying anxieties is to note the activities and or emotions during the day that surround that heightened sense of anxiety Mm -hmm. and so it could be like for me, like entertaining, is it, it maybe maybe people coming over start triggering that anxiety? Yeah. Maybe it's a transition in your day, just going from one thing to another. Maybe it's nighttime before bed. Maybe you notice that you get a lot of anxiety before you go to bed. Can yeah. you think of other situations? Mine is like right before I sit down and do an assignment. <laughs> <laughs> that homework trigger performing. Yeah. So look for that type. Of thing of like note the activities during your day yeah and like dissimilar activities heighten the same kind of emotion right because then you're connecting the dots and you're figuring out a theme and an emotion that like hmm, you can go deeper and dig into yeah so a third tip is to note other events or situations or experiences 
that left you feeling with a heightened sense of anxiety. Yeah. And so with this, we're actually maybe looking at maybe birthday parties. Yeah. Hanging out with friends. I know. I mean, typically. Doing homework. Yeah. And maybe meeting up with somebody in particular. Yeah. Maybe there's a family member that you get. A particular someone. Anxious (laughs) about. Right. So note that. It could be people. It could be events. It could be situations. Maybe, you know, it's a little bit more general. Um as opposed to just a particular element in your day. Maybe it's actually an event or a person. So note that. We're digging kind of deep here. I know we're kind of covering a lot of stuff uh, for this anxiety piece. You can always re-listen. You can always re-listen and keep on listening because we're going to just keep kind of addressing and digging in to these different topics. Peeling back those layers. Yeah, peeling back those layers to get to, like to work through this anxiety piece and kind of see where it's coming from and kind of dig deep. Yeah. So I think the question, which is? Is anxiety from trauma? It's like, I think the answer is it absolutely could be. Yeah. I mean, from what we've experienced, they definitely have correlation, even though at first it didn't seem like they did. But yeah. Then you kind of look back and you're like, oh, well, maybe they do. <laughs> and sometimes the more disconnected, the most disconnected it could be, uh, is something that's really been blocked. The brain, yeah. again, is adept at blocking things that are very painful. And that's very. where this all gets really, really tricky. And even for me, I've been doing this, you know, I might work, work on myself for decades. And it's like, it's amazing the things that I uncover and unpill. Yeah. It's definitely an ongoing process. It is. And when you have God on your side with that amazing plastic brain that can change, uh, he can literally do anything. He can. And so that is the message we want to leave you with is that there is hope. Even if you're struggling with significant anxiety, there is so much hope because there's so much that you can do on your own for yourself. And so the next thing is you're discovering these things. As Jana would say, go ahead and get out that journal. (laughs) (laughs) Get out that journal. I mean, there's so many resources out there. So journaling and not just like recycling over your anxious thoughts like over and over again, but kind of. I mean, what I like to do is, you know, write all down everything you're feeling, then do a reality check. Okay, what is actually happening? What are the actual things going on relating to that event or person or whatever you're anxious about? And then right. Oftentimes, pray about it. Yep. Oftentimes it's helpful to have somebody, particularly when you're starting out, to come in. And, and help, help, like yeah. a trusted friend, yeah. a trusted parent, to help you figure out the reality check. And once I think you get good at it, you can do it on your own. But yeah. in the beginning, it's really helpful to have that It can that be person. very tricky because you're, well, Satan likes to lie. He sure and, does. Yeah. He likes to convince you that everything's terrible and everything's bad. And that kind of goes to the second point is, well, like having that partner or friend or whatever. There's right. a lot of resources. Or maybe go and look for a counselor. Yeah, maybe go coach. look for a coach. Yeah, mm-hmm. a transformational coach to help you really dig in and figure this out. Yeah. There's also brain training out there. Neurofeedback is fantastic and yeah. helping to calm that anxiety piece and audiovisual entrainment. If you have any questions on that, I can help you out with that. Yeah, you I'm can. Well, Lots I mean, if you just want to have any prayer requests, questions, concerns, right. topics, 
comments. Take it, yep, take it to God in prayer because yeah. that's exactly how we've gotten where we have gotten is that God has really guided us to the resources that we need and there's so much out there uh, through various people and even yeah. churches that can lift you up and move you out of the place that you're at into a more joyful place. Yeah. Even if there is chaos whirling all around, you can get to that joy. You absolutely can. Yeah. And like, no one's going to take that away from you. Right. Not once you're firmly planted and you understand that it comes from within. Yeah. I mean, it. it's just, it's a journey. It's not going to be perfect. Nope. Because we're not perfect. But nope, God is ultimately the one who is in us. And once we recognize his power, like we were talking about. Yes. You are going to have a much joyful or joy. I don't think that's a word, right. but a much more joyful life. Right. I mean, it's just learn how to get that, that praying piece. Yeah. Um, and that communication piece with God really helps to build. It's a superpower. It honestly is a superpower. God is a superpower that can move you through all this and get you to that joyful place. Yeah. And so with that, with that, with all of that information, I'd like to just close this out in prayer and feel yes, free to, you. you know, pause it and write down some stuff before I get into prayer. Cause I know this is kind of a lot of information, especially if you're new to this, I guess. <laughs> right. It is a lot of information. Yeah. So, and, but keep listening cause, um, our will probably just keep digging yeah. in. We'll help you this. organize some of the chaos, I guess. <laughs> and those thoughts and kind of dig yeah. deep and learn how to let them go and process them. Yeah. So, Join me in prayer in any way that you are comfortable, and let's let's talk to God. Yes. <laughs> Amen. So, Hallelujah. Dear God, thank you so much for bringing all of our beautiful listeners here today. God, I am so thankful that you have made us in your image, that you have not given us a spirit of fear or Amen. of being timid, but no you have given us power. And love and self-control. And with you on our side, we can overcome anything. God, I know anxiety is just catching everybody off guard these days. And it seems like it's just crippling and it's a big struggle. But with you, we know that we can overcome anything. God, help us to recognize those emotions, those feelings that are really confusing or that may surface at certain times and help us help us to recognize that. Help us to recognize the patterns of our anxious thoughts, or our anxious feelings, mm-hmm. and help us to just organize them in a way, in whatever way that we are comfortable with. Whether that's with journaling, finding a counselor, doing brain training, God, just present those resources to us. God, we are so thankful that you are in the world with us. And that is something that is such a cool thing because, you know, other kings and rulers, they don't, they don't go to their people, but you are in, in the anxiety. You are in the problem with us. You are helping us and guiding us through it. And we are so thankful for that. God, you are an awesome God. We praise you forever and more. We love you. Amen. Amen. In Jesus and holy name, amen. amen. If you have any questions or want to get in contact with me, you can reach me at kellyjeanpittman.com. Or at kellyjean, yeah, all my email's there, I guess. Yeah, kellyjeanpittman.com. Yep. Or if you have any prayer requests or comments or 
anything, inquiries, you can send them in through, message us through faithfully underscore apologetic on Instagram. Yep. So in faith and love, Jaina and Kelly, we'll see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye.